Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I'm your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we will meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and heal, even under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who, in this time of crisis, are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And I'm very happy today we have as our guest, Kathleen Troy, who is a life coach and whose company has a wonderful name, Second Spring Coaching. Welcome, Kathleen. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Tom. Thank well, you. I'm happy to have you. And, and I'm fascinated by what you do and particularly how you've come about it and, and then look at it from the, the second spring. And if you tell people, what, what does that mean, second spring? Well, I am happy to. Uh, when I became when I went through coaching program, they asked us to start thinking about what we want our business called. And I had heard reference to the Chinese refer to the the menopausal and postmenopausal years as the second spring, as opposed to our culture that thinks of it as the autumn years, the winding things down. They're all just, the leaves are falling, I take right? it. You know, and for them, no, it's the rebirth. We have all this energy and, and we have we are free to take our passion to the next level. And I so resonated with that. It, it absolutely spoke to me. And I, I want to be second spring coaching. because well, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing because it is interesting. Autumn versus spring. And it's all perspective. If, and if we think of ourselves in the autumn of, of our life, it's like, okay, I'll be quiet. I won't do anything. Right. And yet I had more, I feel better than ever. I exercise every morning. I've never felt so well as I do right now. Well, that's, so that's more becoming of where I'm at. Where you were at. And how did you, you, you were very successful doing something else before. What, tell us what you were doing before and how you made the transition. All right. Well, I, I've, I was and still dabble in hair color. I was a hair colorist as a very successful New York City hair colorist it was a my clientele was absolutely enviable and uh, people would have predicted that that's what I would do the next step would clearly be buying a salon having a brick and mortar and I it never really resonated with me I'd, I'd go to sign leases they'd fall through it just never fell into place and I finally realized it's because I didn't want it to I didn't want that's not Running a brick and mortar business was not what I loved. It was the connection to the client in the chair that right. I absolutely love. Yep, and that's true. I mean, there's such a difference between you know dealing with people. I, I always allude to this and tell people when I was in the advertising world, my first half of my career was spent actually doing something like buying television time. Then they promoted me to management. So I was managing people doing what I used to do. I hated it. Right. I wanted to do what I was good at. So I'm here, you're saying you want to do what you're good at. Right. And you missed that connection. That was what you loved about what you did was meeting the needs, serving, right? Absolutely. Being creative. Yeah. So how did you make that transition? Or as I say today, pivoting? Well, it was a pivot in a pretty embarrassing way. I was in a three-day soup to nuts salon ownership conference with my potential partner, we had not signed papers, but we were looking together. And I started I had a panic attack, I we they said something in the class that if you enjoy the connection in the chair, salon ownership might not be for you, because you have to hire enough people to reach a certain 
price point, like a, to have it be profitable, you have to have a certain number of talent and then somebody that, has to manage that talent, right? So, and so you're no longer doing what you love to do. Right. And I panicked and one of the facilitators took me out in the hallway because I blanched to dimension what's going on. And I told her my panic, my, like, I don't think I want to do this. And my partner's in the room and everyone's expecting it. And she walked me through a coaching. Now I know it was a coaching exercise actually from the big leap by Gay Hendricks. I don't know if you've read that or not. Um, I know Gay Hendricks. Yes. Okay. And it, it helped me to realize I was not being true to myself. Like it, she helped me to see that my area of your area of um, genius is not necessarily what you're qualified in, right? So we right. we practiced a certain amount of uh, uh, perfection in a group in a place, but it's not necessarily tapping into what we really want to do on the earth. So there might be a really talented doctor because they practiced it's their area of competency, but in their heart they really meant to be a rock star. Right? So that would be their, people think they're a genius as a doctor, but that doesn't resonate with them. So I, I, she helped me to distinguish area of competency versus area of genius. And as we spoke, she said, I really shouldn't assert this, but have you ever thought about life coaching? You are, every answer you gave aligns with life coaching. Well, how wonderful, how wonderful to have, to have that, that person there for in you. In that moment, in that moment, as she had been trained, and I just, she became a, a real support for me. So it's that thing where that, you must have had it happen, where somebody says something at a moment in your life where you're ripe for it, and they change the whole trajectory. Oh, absolutely. That's where I am here today. But well, that's my story. You go keep, keep okay. your story. Well, but I realized that that is a hook. I'm hooked on supporting people in that kind of conversation. Right. That's what I love, supporting people to have that epiphany, either with me or off the field, but that awareness of here's another way to look at this. Right, right. And I so, have put that to rest. That uh, whole itch of what am I supposed to be doing? It's gone. And I've had it my whole life. What am I supposed to be doing? I'm now doing it. Yes. And isn't it interesting that the question is, what are we supposed to be doing as opposed to what would you love to do? What would you love to be doing? Nobody seems to ask that question. Right. But she did. Yes. That's yeah. the difference. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. So I take it you then have made the turn and, and said, I'll go to coaching school. Is that what you did? I did. And that was absolutely much more, much, much more challenging than I thought, because I've done so much self-improvement. I've gone to Landmark Education. I don't know if you're familiar. Tony Robbins, retreats. Yes. I've studied Kabbalah. I've studied meditation. I thought I was groomed for this. I didn't understand that in coaching, you have to undo layers and layers and layers of bias in your life that you didn't even know you had. So right. I wasn't, you know, I had a lot to, I didn't come. I thought I wasn't, I'm going to whisper it. I thought I was an expert. I just needed a license. Right. And that was so not true. <laughs> it was so untrue. And I, they helped me to see, like I had to unload that whole performance or thinking I could give advice. So right. it was not what I thought, and it was in service of everything for me. Yes, and I think from what I know, my wife is a life is a is a health coach, and what I know is it's more listening than talking. Yes, right. They're not people don't want your advice. They're they're the expert in their lives. We're just there to help them unveil their truth. What a relief! I'm so glad I don't have like now. I can right. see good. 
That's perfect. That responsibility right off your shoulders. That heavy weight. I gave way too much advice prior to coaching. Now I know. Right. Yes. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. So now you're coaching, and how did you come to this age group? Why? Why? I mean, I love the title, but what led you to the? That's the people I want to deal with. Oh well, not only I will I will own it a little bit more. That initially, when I named it, I thought that it would be the empty nester women that I would coach. That was my intention. Right, right where I am, that helped them to realize these are the spring. This is spring, but what happened? And I'll, I'll say it out loud: we had volunteers who come in and have us coach them, and we'd spend a month with them. And I found out that I absolutely love when men are so vulnerable speaking to me that they cry. I, I felt such a, an honor in that space because often a breakthrough comes with a breakdown in, you know, moving forward. Right, right. Not a big breakdown, but you know what I mean? Like you have to break down barriers. And I realized that I had been with women and kind of an expert back to the expert with women for years as a hair colorist, a wife, a daughter, a mother of daughters, you know, a sister. And with men, I'm not in an expert mode. I am in a curiosity mode. So right. I shifted. And the funny thing now is I actually see a lot of young men come my way, young fathers, especially young fathers. So now it's just me owning my second spring. That's lovely. That's, That's lovely. what it is. <laughs> yeah. well, because you mentioned this thing about fathers coming your way and you say young but it also could be to fit right into your pattern someone like myself who was a second time father 30 years after I was the first time father so I was considerably older and had quite the questions about can I do this right. um, and, and so you would have been perfect for me at that time that is perfect. And by the way, too, yes, there are men too. So it's not all about menopause. It's this time of year, time of life. I do also have some men who have retired because they said they would, and they may have gone through a divorce. And now the things they liked doing, they don't remember who they were prior to marriage, prior to someone else planning their social life. Right. So it's another group that I have. I just have been interested that young fathers recently have come my way. And I'm so honored and thrilled and surprised because that wasn't my avatar but I adore them yes well it is exciting and interesting but I will have to because I'm not a young father and I am a retiree uh, to relate to the other part of this business that you're talking about of men who leave the world of whatever business they were in as I did after two different careers and going okay now I'm retired I don't play golf I don't you know, play bridge. I don't think anybody plays bridge anymore. But, you know, what is it that I want to do? And to have that wonderful opportunity to find that out and find out what what I love to do. And as nice. I bet you find this true, I'm using me for a second here, but I found out that what I really love to do turns out to be podcasts because it was back when I was 20 and younger that I was doing radio in college. How many times when you talk to people like myself, have you found that it's going back in their life, that something they loved and then they sidetracked into the real world kind of thing. And now they need to go back there. So many, so, so many either were made wrong for that first passion right? or it didn't make money and now they had kids. So they had, so I can't tell you the number one thing I've noticed, I almost think it should be one of my symbols 
is they go back and get their guitar and tune it and play it. Or they right. get their paint back out and start painting. Or they go grow gardens. Things that express our spirit. Not always something that's going to make them money, right? It, but right. a gentleman I know, as a chiropractor, he was area of competency, did great. During the shutdown, he started painting and he's been selling his artwork now. And that wasn't a lost art. Yes. And he's telling you, he's a paid, he is now like an artist making money on his art. How fascinating is that? How fascinating. Well, actually, that brings up the, the idea that what you love to do may not make as much money as what you, you know, were trained to do. That's possible. On the other hand, you can live, you might feel much happier maybe doing it. But you do have to maybe figure out how to survive financially, unfortunately, in this world, or fortunately, whatever. The real world is one has to have a certain amount of income in order to live. But what sure. you love, what you love to do, as you are seeing by your own work, you know, can lead you to an income that's very good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's just all about passion and energy exchange. Like you and I right now, this is an energy exchange, right? There's a giving and a receiving. Exactly. And we don't we don't really quantify that. We don't put a, a dollar amount on that. But to me, energy exchange has become as valuable as a time exchange, as valuable as a money exchange. It's a shift. Absolutely. It is. It's a vital thing because you could make a lot of money, as I was saying, and not have this sense of accomplishment that I have just by talking to you and you have by doing this with me uh, or you have doing with your clients. Uh, I've seen my wife, who was a model, and, uh, and making money is much happier coaching people and much more, you know, to the point of what, who she really is. And it maybe doesn't make the same kind of money, but then you can figure out a life that works for you with whatever money you've got. Well, I have an observation that I think is appropriate right now. The people I've met over the years through coaching, through my very wealthy color clientele, different friends who have money, the ones who thought I just want to make money, that's what I want, are the are not the happiest people in my in my orbit. I can agree. I can understand that because I have to tell you that I grew up not wealthy, but alongside very wealthy people. Went to certain schools, private schools, and stuff like that, and noted, got to be friends with people and noticed over time, particularly the last forty years, that they they didn't have to spend much energy getting money but they weren't happy. They, they did not have a, a real drive to do anything. And that was, that was negative for them, very negative. Right, so that's where I come in. That's where you come in. I can refer all these people to you. Like money shmoney, let's have another conversation, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and during now, during the pandemic, you said something, and I, I wanna, maybe this is pandemic related, maybe it's not, but you said owning the pause Tell me about that. You said that was vital for you. Right. Well, that was a practice that started before that. But yes, I named, I called that shutdown period in New York as the extraordinary pause. And yes. pause is, oh, wow. I, so I didn't understand that I used to um, attract drama by my reactions or speaking before I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And I always thought it was somebody else like, oh, they're just mad at me. But I never couldn't see my role. Correct. Right, right. So when I learned actually first through Landmark Landmark Forum that you own the pause, what somebody says to you, if you call me a dirty, rotten scoundrel, 
the this space before I respond, I own that real estate. You've set the ball in motion in a certain direction. I can either meet you where you are in your energy, deflect the energy, dissolve that energy with how to respond. Right. Well, you're hitting upon something I happen to have come across to another method, but it's the same thing. I, I've been involved with 12-step programs for many, many years. And one of the key things is pause. You know, whatever the, whatever the whoever talks to you and says to you, stop, pause before you answer at all. And know that you don't have to answer. Right. Not necessary. Right. You don't have to. And you can check in. Maybe right. it is, you know, somebody else, this is actually a funny one. If you, if you, if you haven't built the, the capacity yet to pause, another thing is that someone taught me is to say, I don't know if I heard you correctly. Could you repeat that? Because often if somebody said something awful, they right. don't actually want to repeat it. That's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I can imagine that. Can imagine. Right. That's a good emergency tool. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> So today you have um, how many? You have not how many, but you have men and women in your practice. I do. It it was running about 50-50. Now I would say I have ninety percent men, ten percent women, That's and the women are sad sometimes and say, "Well, you coach me too. Why do you only talk about men?" But the thing is, so many women coach women, and I love women, love them. But men need. Uh, I feel men respond well to a woman like I feel like I resonate as like an older sister or a I don't know a, 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 somehow I, I relate to them that I'm not a threat for them they're not in competition with me well that's it that's a good piece they're not in competition but definitely I mean I think what you're doing is very vital because men have so little way in, the, in their mind now it could change but they have so little ways of, of, of expressing their real feelings and finding out who they are besides the breadwinner and the money maker. I mean, one of the things is we've been trying to do with my younger daughter, who when I say younger, she's 25, but is just to end the habit that she had from growing up, but I guess I must have contributed to, which is she called me when it was an issue about money and called her mom when it was an issue about emotions. You know, I said, it's not that simple. It's not that, that try, cut and dry. <laughs> but men, men get a heavy duty. You have, this is your role, period, where you can help them see the possibilities of, what if I want to be a rock and roll singer? What if I want to write poetry? Right. Yeah. right. It's, it's such a beautiful transformation and there's one more thing i want to say about especially divorced men and women if we don't do the self wellness and self-care and learn from the experience we're going to keep attracting the same the same type of relationship the same type until we get it we're not going to get off scot-free so yes. i think that becomes the motivation when someone notices a pattern in who they attract they go okay put the stops, what's going on here? It yeah. must be me, right? It's my finder. I have to adjust my finder. I have to adjust my finder. I love that. <laughs> yes. Well, and, yeah, I mean, and again, sometimes that comes from seeing what we grew up with, you know, oh, mom was this way or dad was this way and, and being attracted, even though it wasn't perfect, whatever it might be. But again, it comes back to what you're saying, I think. Who am I? First, let me know who I am, and then I'll see what, what works with that once I know who I am. 
Do you know when I felt I graduated, not from coaching program, not when I received my certification, it was when my youngest daughter, who's 28, said to me recently, I'm glad you went through that coaching program because you're handling what we're talking about in a very different way than you used to. That's nice. Isn't that beautiful? That is very nice. I don't know if it's the coaching or what has happened, but you, um, thank you. She thanked me yeah, well, for just I think, being open. What you're saying and what it never occurred to me, but I, but I make, make sense that in order to be a good coach, you have to go through your own transformation. You have to be able to look, look and see what, who am I before I can coach? I mean, like anything else, before I can have a relationship, before I can coach anybody. Yeah. Well, I have a coach. I'm a big believer that if you believe in coaching, then why do you not have a coach? I'm a yeah. huge believer in that. <laughs> well, I agree. I agree 100%. You, have, you, you, you can be wandering around in the desert for a long time without a coach. Well, also, if you're not ushering in your own you have so so i'll just say it quickly there's a there's a way to look at it like we we tend in life even coaches because we're human we'll circle the breakdown we'll circle the problem circle it circle it hoping it goes away looking at right you get into a loop if you don't let yourself have the breakdown and face the challenge you there's no breakthrough available you're going to keep circling it so i if i'm not getting uncomfortable and stepping into possibility and having my breakdown and breakthrough, then how can I support someone else in that if I'm not getting vulnerable? So yes. my coach sees that for me. Right. Because I think what, what might happen for a coach or anybody who's in your position is to say, let's not go there. You know, you, the coach, say, let's not go there because I'm not ready to go there. Right. Right. Or right. Let's say I'm uncomfortable talking about money. So I avoid talking about money with my clients. And that's the thing they need to talk about. And I'm not happy with how my money is going. Exactly. That's an example that I better face it. But could I say one more thing that what I love most? Oh, please. I'd like to hear what you love most. Uh, What I love most is no matter what's going on in the world, no matter, because, you know, we, again, we're aware that the world is a wobbly place. Um, I love that every time I coach somebody, it restores my faith in humanity because everybody I've ever spoken to actually just wants their family to be well they love, they love deeply. Maybe they can't express it. And that's what they're working on. They only want good to happen in the world. They only want to bring music and love and sunshine. And it's a gorgeous capacity for me to be able to bear witness to that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And that I must say is why I do this show to to let people hear people like yourself and your experience about how many people really are good people out there and want to do well and want to help others because we if we only listen to the networks or the local stations we have to assume the world is a terrible mess completely when reality is there you are having this career this second spring for yourself and helping other people in it. and isn't that wonderful isn't that wonderful yeah it's wonderful. I'm always stunned that, oh, there's another person with a heart of gold. Look at there. I didn't know that person till now. Yes, <laughs> they everywhere. Now you know them. And also to, to, to imagine or to know people you have worked with have moved on to do things that are quite delightful. That's very exciting. That's very exciting when people also just reach back out and say to me, my client from prior times reached out and said, I, um, I moved to LA. I made it happen. It didn't happen during our sessions. She needed to sort herself out 
And she realized that maybe she needed some other kind of support. And now she's in LA and I'm so excited for her because I know that's what she really wanted. So yes, those victories are shared victories. Right. Well, that is always shared because we are each of us a step along the way. It's the throwing the rock in the water and the ripples going out. And you were one ripple. You were a very important ripple to that person. <clears throat> they were others, and now they're out at the edge of their ripples. Right, right. It took a team. It takes a, a village. That's right. <laughs> I do that's get right. to, yeah. It's a whole Zoom world. <laughs> yes. So I, I, that's one question, too, about the Zoom and about the uh, where we are in this world right now. Are you doing most of your work on Zoom or all of your work on Zoom? I already was, though. I'm doing my work on Zoom. Prior to the prior to COVID, I was very Zoom friendly because I had a gentleman that I, a CEO in Manhattan, and I live up here in Danbury, Connecticut. So there was no way we, we met maybe twice, three times. I had another young woman in Alaska who just wanted to come and, and create plays in New York, and she's here. I'm yes. still in touch with her. We got her out of Barrow, Alaska, where it was, when I met her, it was 24 hours of darkness. Oh my. And we got her across the country. She's doing phenomenally. So I was using Zoom. I'm sorry? You got her into the light. She stepped into the light. She got herself in. You helped her. Yes, but can I tell you, because we're in such a different time zone, I'd talk to her and she'd be early morning, bright and early on her bike at the gym. And I'd be like, wow, what a person to be out in feet of snow in the dark at the gym before she was teaching really challenging classrooms. Fascinating. fascinating. My money's on this girl. She's getting out of there. Yeah. And she has. And she, she has. sure That's did. Yeah. Well, this is wonderful. I'm enjoying this immensely. However, time is going by very rapidly as we yes. talk. And we're almost at the very end, but this has been so interesting. And I wonder if you could tell me if somebody else who's listening to this and is as interested as I am and wants to ask some other questions that I haven't thought to ask, how might they reach out to you? What's the best way, a website or an email or what's the best for you? So my website is secondspringcoaching.com. Dot com, okay. And I think that has everything, like even my, I'm Gmail, so it's secondspringcoaching at gmail.com. Well, the Gmail has the Gmail in it, but the, the, the website is just without the Gmail. Yes, uh, it's just right. Secondspringcoaching.com. And then my email is just the, that with at Gmail. Okay. Well, very good. Because I think what you're doing is, is, is a marvelous thing. And because it's, it's, it's focused as you have focused it for and, and named it, I think it appeals to a lot of people at, at this time of the, because of, we're all doing a lot of exploration internally about what do we want to be doing? Where, why, why were we working in that factory or that corporation or that whatever, or that salon? Uh, and now they're looking for answers. And while you don't have any more answers than anyone else, you have a way to help guide them. So that's wonderful. I just know that I just help them reveal their own answers. People know, people yes, know you just forgot. In the heart of ourselves, we know. We yes. Know. Thank well, you. That's, that's absolutely wonderful, Kathleen. Delightful. Well, I thank you so much for being with us. And I know I was going to say have a good career, but you are. You're having a wonderful <laughs> career. And it's going to be a <laughs> you have. Aren't we? Aren't we so fortunate, Tom? I'm so. You grateful. are very fortunate indeed. Yes. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for choosing me. I well, really appreciate you. this. Thank you for being part of this show. Take good care now. You too.